Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or you're subscribed on the iTunes feed and leaving a comment, of course, never missing one single episode. Thank you very much, everybody. Extra, extra, extra special thanks to good friends of the show, Tino Fella. Thanks for the emails. I love reading them. Please keep doing them. Always appreciated. The great Todd Cunningham, Mike Cranston, Robert Coulter, just to name a few, but you guys are in the upper echelon for sure. And also a slightly belated happy birthday to recent and hopefully future guest Mark Striegel. Happy birthday, pal. Thanks for listening, and also go check out his show, Talking Metal. Go to TalkingMetal.com. Actually, more importantly, go to Talking Metal Digital and check out the site. Always, always great music up on the site. It's a 24-7 site, so that's more than I have right now. So go go support his stuff. All right, a little positivity there at the top of the show to get me ready for this particular episode. Yes, it is that time. It's time for another volume of The Fallen of 2013. You know, the people that have left us, and it's a stellar lineup today, as always. I mean, you know, I don't play them on the show if they weren't worth a damn, so let's just get started here. The first one, this was all the way back on July 26, 2013. A fellow by the name of J.J. Kale died at 74 due to complications of heart failure, and J.J. Kale is, of course most famously known as the guy that wrote a couple of big Eric Clapton solo hits, arguably his two best solo hits, Cocaine and After Midnight. Seems how Clapton always kind of relies on other talent, you know. Other than that, I kind of just find him boring. But uh, all that being said, I'm not going to try to dump on Eric too much to (laughs) memorialize J.J. Kale. Real name John Kale, and of course he changed his name just slightly to not confuse himself with the guy from the Velvet Underground. We'll get to Velvet Underground, possibly, just a little bit later on in the show. Slightly. Sort of. But, yeah, stay tuned. There's my tease. Uh, But back to J.J. Kale, real name John Kale. And I thought this was really cool. Uh, I guess around the time of his death, Neil Young was quoted as saying the two best guitarists he ever heard in his life were Jimi Hendrix and J.J. Kale. So that's high praise for sure. Uh, Not only is J.J. known for writing two of Eric Clapton's biggest solo hits, uh, but he also wrote a song that another band had a really a decent hit with, and it was the first song on his first album. So I'm going to play that one actually for you to memorialize J.J. So here you go, kicking off the show today with J.J. Kale. This is Call Me the Breeze. Here's one of the old rock and roll Oh, 
So there you go, a nice little shuffle piece there that you may know better as a Leonard Skinner song, but it was originally written and recorded there by the late J.J. Kale. So there you go, that was Call Me the Breeze. Alright, next guy here, uh, a fellow by the name of Tim Wright. He died on August 4th of this year at the age of 63 due to cancer. Tim Wright was the original bass player for Peraubu. So uh, I, I guess a kind of a proto-punk band, if you will. But when you listen to their stuff, stuff still sounds uh, sounds like it hasn't aged today. Uh, every time I check out any Peraubu stuff, I'm just like, this is really damn good. I don't listen to nearly enough of them. But of course, uh, once I read about Tim, I went back and checked out a few tracks. And uh, probably one of their more known songs, this one creeps up on a lot of compilations and stuff like that. But if you haven't heard this song, you gotta... And I wanted to pick this track to represent Tim. Uh, of course, his bass shines on this track. Not the last bass player you're going to hear tonight, sadly, but check this one out. This is really cool. From 1976, this is Perry Ubu with Final Solution. Cause I got a misdirection 
All right, there you go. That was Perry Ubu with Final Solution from 1976. That was a single, actually. Uh, Tim left a couple of years after that, actually, so he wasn't on a lot of their full-length albums, but he was the original bass player and on that track. Uh, this was a band that actually did not perform that track for years because they had to keep answering questions. Uh, you know, it was getting confused with... Uh, them being Nazi sympathizers or, you know, all that kind of stuff just because the song title is called Final Solution. I could definitely see why people would think that, uh, which means, number one, they don't pay attention to lyrics. It's definitely more about teen street culture of Europe at the time. But, yeah, they just they didn't play it for a long time, but I think they started playing it again after a while. But, yeah, definitely, definitely not pro-Nazi. So there you go. All right, moving on, going into a completely different direction, as it happens quite a bit here on the Fallen episodes of Rock Strikes 10. Uh, a fellow by the name of Jack Clement, he died on August 8th of this year, 82, and had liver cancer. Sadly, not natural causes. You have to deal with liver cancer in the final act of your life. Man, that just really sucks. But this guy is an important, very important figure in rock and roll history. Uh, if anything else, he actually discovered and started the first sessions for Jerry Lee Lewis back at Sun Studios. And he did it without the knowledge of Sam Phillips. So if uh, Jerry hadn't smoked that day, he might have gotten into a lot of trouble. But uh, he did a solid solid and brought him in. He also co-wrote three early Johnny Cash hits, which I'm going to play one of them here for you. My favorite of the three. He wrote The One Is On The Right Is On The Left and Ballad Of A Teenage Queen. And this one, from 1958, here's Johnny Cash doing Jack Clement's composition of Guess Things Happen That Way. Well, you ask me if I'll forget my baby, I guess I will someday. I don't like it, but I guess things happen that way. You ask me if I'll get along I guess I will some way I don't like it but I guess things happen that way God gave me that girl to lean on Then he put me on my own Heaven help me be a man And have the strength to stand alone I don't like it but I guess things happen that way you ask me if I'll miss her kisses I guess I will every day I don't like it but I guess things happen that way you ask me if I'll find another I don't know I can't say I don't like it, but I guess things happen that way. God gave me that girl to lean on, then he put me on my own. Heaven help me be a man, have the strength to stand alone. I don't like it, but I guess things happen that way. There you go, that was Johnny Cash doing Jack Clement's song, I Guess Things Happen That Way, from 1958. Good good song there, the early sun years of Johnny Cash. And I read that when Johnny died 
at his memorial concert that Jack Clement actually got on stage and played that particular song. So I guess that was his favorite song that Johnny sang of his as well. So and and Jack actually also produced the session that Ring of Fire was on originally. So there you go. There's another fun fact for you. So there you go. Jack Clement, very important in rock and roll history. Moving on here, once again something completely different. Had a couple of short songs here on the onset, first third of the show. And now we're going to go into a very very epic and long track, but I think it's super fun. And when I found out this guy died, I immediately thought of this track, so I have to do it. This, this is a guy that has a vast catalog. This guy's been around and put out tons of records as a leader and a sideman. Talking about the great George Duke, he left us on August 5th of this year at 67. And said he had chronic lymphocytic leukemia. That doesn't sound very fun at all, actually. So, sounds like a bit of a cancer and a bit of a leukemia thing, so that sucks. Um, but this guy left behind a legacy of great music. Whether you're into funk, or jazz, or smooth jazz, or rock and roll, you've probably heard George Duke. I mean, the guy, hey, if you, if you want to go into modern times here, he's even been sampled by people like, uh, you know, Daft Punk, Kanye West, and one of my favorites, MF Doom. As far as the sideman goes, you know... He was one of the best of the best, you know, when you have people like Al Jarreau, Miles Davis, and Michael Jackson being like, yeah, let's get that guy. That's when you know you're awesome. And of course, of course, the late, great Frank Zappa as well. George had quite a quite a stint in Frank Zappa's band, probably in, in my personal favorite era of Zappa. It, it's it's hard for me to pick. I'm I'm a big Zappa nerd which you will probably find out. I think I might actually do a Zappa show in a couple of weeks for his birthday. But all that being said, like I said, when I heard George died, I immediately thought of this song. And like I said, it's a long one. When it was on the original double vinyl, it took up all of side four. But you're about to enjoy it here. At the very tail end of the Roxy and Elsewhere record, we get this. Featuring, and I do mean featuring, George Duke. This is Bebop Tango of the Old Jasmine's Church. Check this out, Frank Zappa and the Mothers. Some of you may know that the tango, which is not a very popular dance anymore, <laughs> was at one time reputed to be a dance of unbridled passion. Back in the old days when it wasn't so easy to get your rocks off, when it was hard to make contact with a member of the opposite camp, and you had to resort to things like dancing close together and going, hey. Those were the days. Well, those days are probably gone forever. I don't know unless Nixon is going to bring them back a little bit later. But we have this very special, highly evolved, permutated tango. It's actually a perverted tango. By the time... <laughs> Yes, it's so perverted. This is the Bebop Tango, a special entertainment event that includes choreography a little bit later, so watch out, folks. You can turn on the big lights. We may need them. You know the ones in the audience? <laughs> okay, you ready? Not too fast now, because I want to get the right notes on the tape. I mean, this, this has to be the one. This has to be the one with all the right notes in it. Okay, ready? And this is a hard one to play. Oh. <laughs> 
the cowbell as a symbol of unbridled passion, ladies and gentlemen. As you might have noticed, Bruce Fowler has just completed some sort of trombone solo based on the uh, idea of an evolved tango event. Bruce has also prepared for you 
a demonstration of a dance that he hopes will sweep the ocean right after the mud shark did. Bruce is now warming up the important muscles of the body in preparation in preparation for the real live bebop tango, which we're going to demonstrate. Napoleon will assist him. Napoleon, just put your horn down. Just relax. Put your head back. Here comes the drill. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Okay. This is sort of like jazz in its own peculiar way. Jazz is not dead, it just smells funny. Now, as you might have noticed, some of you with a musical education can tell that the notes that George just sang when he went, this is bebop, even though you think it doesn't sound like that, is actually a sort of a twisted form of the theme of the tango itself, which will get even more depraved as the number goes on. George will now attempt to dismember that melody, play it, and sing it at the same time while... Hey, that's the way. Well, we sort of dance to it. Okay, try it, George. Oh! As I was saying. Now, what we'd like to do at this point is get some volunteers from the audience to... I know you will. Oh, God, you will. We need some... <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, you did, didn't you? <laughs> no, we want to have some people who have never tried it before, who have never even thought of trying it before. A boy, a girl, preferably who like each other, who would like to come up here and attempt to dance to what George sings. Do we have anybody who is... You're one. Okay, what's your name? Your name is Carl? Please, Carl, step onto the stage. Pleased to meet you, Carl. All right. Okay. Let's see. Uh, is there anybody in the, in the back? Where? Oh, hey, what's your name? Rick and Jane and Carl. All right, here's how it works. There's a beat going on like this. That's a pedestrian beat. You don't dance to that beat. You dance to what George sings, okay? The little ones, okay? The little quick ones, okay? Ready? George, make them dance. No, no, Rick, you're too reserved. Ready? Give it to him, George. No, 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 come on now. Loosen up. Listen, encourage them. When it, what? <laughs> okay. All right, one more time. Dance. Dance. 
Let's study this phenomenon. Now look, Rick and Jane and Carl, you're you're wonderful, but you're just too reserved. I know you will. Maybe in a minute. Okay. I'll t tell you what. Go back to your seats, and we'll bring up the next batch. Okay? Carl, Rick, and Jane. All right, you want to try anything you say, Frank? <laughs> oh my God! All right, your name is Lana, right? Lana, dance. Now that's more like it. Lana, you're so good. We have to bring up some other people to assist you. Brenda, imported from Edwards Air Force Base, where she... Ladies and gentlemen, Brenda. Brenda is a professional harlot. And she just got finished stripping for a bunch of guys at Edwards Air Force Base. And she made it down here in time for the show. Two hours of taking it off for the boys in the car. Really good. Okay. Hey. Brenda, Brenda has a lovely assistant named Carl, or Robert James Davis, if you prefer. Herb Cohen, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Dance. It's still to Adagio, I keep telling you. Turn on the bubble machine. God, is that a cheap bubble machine? Now what? Ladies and gentlemen, Dunce ex-wife. You're probably sitting in your chair saying to yourselves, I could do that. And of course you can. 
And now is your big chance. All you have to do, first step is easy. All you got to do is stand up. Go ahead, just stand up. There you go. You are standing up. Yes, some of you are not standing up, but you won't have as much fun as the ones who are standing up. Okay, turn on the big lights so everybody can see what's going on. Yes, very many of you are standing up. Okay, link your mind with the mind of George Duke. And when, that's it, when he plays those funny, fast little notes, twitch around and have a good time with the bebop tango. Let's try it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of our concert. We'd like to thank you, very, uh, thank you very much for coming. Hope you had a good time. Bruce Fowler on trombone, Napoleon Murphy, Brock on tenor sax and lead vocals, Ruth Underwood on percussion, Ralph Humphrey on drums, Chester Thompson on drums, Tom Fowler on bass, and George Duke on the keyboard. Thank you very much. Right, there you go. That was Frank Zappa featuring a massively, massively talented array of players, including the late George Duke. That was Bebop Tango of the Old Jasmine's Church there. Go check out that Roxy and Elsewhere record. That's in my top five Zappa records. And for a guy that has like 80 proper releases, not counting comps and other random collections, uh, li uh, live albums, but that's in my top five Zappa records for sure easily all right moving on here this is a guy like if i was ever in a rock and roll band this would have been my trade of choice uh this guy played keyboards and rhythm guitar that would be my strong suit as well uh, a fellow by the name of alan lanier he died on august 14th this year at 67 copd is what it's called it's basically an obstructive lung disease and Alan played on all of the truly great 
important essential albums for Blue Oyster Cult. And he even wrote some songs that are just amazing. And obviously the guy, great arranger, great songwriter. Uh, looking through his bio, it says he wrote music for Patti Smith, Jim Carroll, The Dictators, and The Clash as well. I know he was in a long-term relationship with Patti as well. And that probably explains why Patti is on the, the Agents of Fortune record. She makes a cameo on there. But Alan actually wrote one of my favorite Blue Oyster Cult songs of all time. Not even kidding. This song just gives me chills. I think it's a perfect, beautiful song. And you're about to enjoy it now as well. From the Mirrors album from 1979, this is In The...
right, there you go. That was BOC, the Great Blue Oyster Cult, doing my favorite Alan Lanier, right? That was in the from the Mirrors album from 1979. I hope you enjoyed that. Let me know what you think of that one in particular. Great stuff, great stuff. All right. Next one here, uh, a guy named Lauren Black. Uh, Lauren Black was the original bass player for Great White uh, back when they were just changing their name into Great White and put out all their initial records. He played on their EP Out of the Night, their debut self-titled full-length. He played on Shot in the Dark and the Once Bitten album, which was their first real great success. So when you hear that bass line, that groove on Rock Me, that was Lorne. I'm actually picking this track to represent him from their self-titled debut album in 1984, and you're going to hear him really shine on this, too. And he has a co-write on it, so that's probably why I threw some real tasty bass notes in there. So here you go. This is Great White with Stick It. <laughs>
That was Great White with Stick It from their 1984 self-titled full-length debut. And there you go. That was Lauren Black playing some great bass on there. He left us on September 27th of this year. And all I could find out about him through some of his ex-band members memorializing him was that uh, Lauren had a lot of problems. So uh, the the aforementioned demons that you always hear about, especially in rock and roll. Very sad, very sad. All right, and another real sad one, another cancer casualty. Uh, on October 10th of this year, uh, Jan Kuhneman, she was the longtime founder and only constant member of the band Vixen. Uh, she was 51 this year, and like I said, lost the battle to cancer very sad. I had heard her very recently on the Decibel Geek podcast, uh, the great Chris Sinzak. What's up, Chris, if you're listening? And I thought that was really cool. He reposted his interview with Jan once she died, and it was very tasteful. I definitely recommend you go check out that interview. Like I said, on Decibel Geek podcast, uh, one of the last episodes they posted on there. And, yeah, just it's just sad. You know, I mean, obviously, I think everybody says the same thing. I've heard people talk about her on different podcasts, and they're always like, well, I wasn't the biggest Vixen fan in the world, but I thought they were pretty cool, you know. And that's pretty much uh, where I hang my hat. I, when I listened to them, they were always pleasant to hear, you know, not, not offensive to the ears at all. I had that, like, late 80s slick production on there, so, you know, not too bassy, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, they had some good songs here and there, and... You know, their biggest hit, Edge of a Broken Heart, was written by Richard Marks, so they probably didn't get paid as much as Richard for that song. Uh, but one of the singles they did put out that Jan had a, had a co-write on, I actually thought this was probably their best song. And it's actually on their sophomore album, Rev It Up, from 1990. So here you go. This is Vixen with How Much Love. And check out the guitar solo, especially on here. This is one of her really, really good ones.
Alright, there you go. That was Vixen with How Much Love from 1990 on the Rev It Up record. Like I said, really liked that solo. Jan was a great player, and she seemed like a really cool person. So very sad that she left us this year. And like I said, she co-wrote that song uh, with a guy named Jack Conrad and a name I do recognize, a guy named Steve Plunkett, who was the lead singer of Autograph. So that probably explains where all the synthesizers came from on the record. No, I'm, I'm totally kidding, but yeah. But there you go. I, I do like that song. So moving on here. Next one here, we're going all the way across a few ponds for this one. Uh, I'm going to talk about a band called The Pogues, a band I haven't played nearly enough on this show. I really do like The Pogues a lot, uh, just don't have enough excuses to play them sometimes. But a guy named Philip Chevron, who was one of their guitar players and longtime members, he died on October 8th of this year, 56, and he battled cancer for quite a bit. And another cancer casualty. It's so sad. Let's, why, why can't we find a cure here? All right, anyway, but he was with the Pokes for a long time, all the way through the 80s. He didn't leave the band until 1994. Uh, very heralded in his homeland as a songwriter and producer. And matter of fact, if you've uh, had a chance to pick up the Pokes remasters from about 10 years ago, they sound great. The ones on Rhino. Uh, Philip actually was the guy that engineered and oversaw the entire remastering of the catalog. So Phil was kind of considered the historian of the Pogues. And if you ever wanted to hear a good Shane McGowan story, that was the guy you hit up. You could actually, he would answer all his fan mail online. And, and from what I hear, he was a real class act to his fans. So there you go. I'm going to play this song to memorialize him. And like I said, since he worked on the remasters, I know he definitely had a hand in making sure this track got out there. This is from the reissue of one of their more famous albums, Rum Sodomy and the Lash from 1985. And the very last song on that reissue, you can hear him really go to town where he plays both guitar and mandolin. Very, very cool Irish sounding song here called Parting Glass. So check it out. Here you go. This is the Pogues. Oh, oh.
ago, that was the Pogues with the Parting Glass, featuring Philip Chevron there. And uh, like I said, that's on the reissue of Rum Sodomy in the Last. So you have to get the Rhino Records version to get it. So there you go. There's my one Rhino plug for the show. I seem to have one every time. Show's moving by pretty quick here. But second to last song, uh, a guy named Joey Lassays. He died on August 23rd of this year at 42 due to respiratory failure. Joey was the longtime drummer for a New Orleans metal band called I Hate God, one word, E-Y-E. And, you know, the, obviously with a name like that, you're putting it all on the table right there. But, you know, if you're a fan of bands like, you know, Pantera, COC, Crowbar is another great example, then you definitely need to be checking this band out. One of the greats of New Orleans and one of the great heavy metal bands that, that came out of that like 90s real real heavy era so there you go they put out a single standalone single last year and per my knowledge it's the last thing that Joey ever played on he was the drummer and he sounds great on this track so here you go for Joey for my hate God this is New Orleans is the new Vietnam <laughs>
right, that was I Hate God with New Orleans is the New Vietnam from 2012. Now it's for Joey Lassay, so there you go, rest in peace. All right, the last song here, you knew we had to do it. Obviously, obviously, a guy considered a, an icon by many in the rock and roll world. Lou Reed died on October 27th this year, 71 years old, liver failure, and... So I don't I don't know I could speculate on what that means but I won't because you know I wasn't there. So only only him and Lori could probably tell us. But there you go. Lou Reed and obviously very missed by the community of rock and roll and I've never been the biggest Lou Reed fan. I'm going to be that guy that says that but you know I'm I'm being honest. I've I've got a few records. Of course I've got Transformer and Rock and Roll Animal. I have a double disc best of and I have the Velvet's Loaded record. That's the extent of my Lou Reed collection. I have a, a rip of Lulu around here somewhere uh, for comedic purposes. I think I got it from the library or something like that. Anyway, sorry I'm rambling here but yes I, I realize how important the death of Lou Reed is and um, I'm definitely going to use it here to plug an old show as well, apparently, because uh, back earlier this year in Rock Strikes 10, I interviewed a former member of Lou Reed's band, the great Dick Wagner. So, of course, I'm going to play a track that he played on with Lou Reed. It's from the great live rock and roll animal record. Uh, I really like all the versions on this album. I think it's a great live album. And, of course, the band smokes. It's pretty much the band that played on my favorite album of all time welcome to my nightmare so it's a it's a nice mix it's a nice marriage of rock and roll there so here you go this is Lou Reed from the rock and roll animal record doing a updated version at this point of the velvet underground's white light white heat here you go turn this one up <laughs> Going missing up the night. No 
from Rock and Roll Animal from 1974. That was Lou Reed with White Light, White Heat. Great version of that, uh, at least I think so. Uh, so there you go. That's going to do it for the show here today. Make sure you go to cnjradio.com. All the links to the Twitter, the Facebook, the iTunes feed, of course. Please go on the iTunes feed. Leave a comment. That'll really help. And, of course, subscribe. Tell your friends, all that stuff. Also on CNJ Radio, you can find the flagship, the Wrestling House Show. We're in WrestleMania House Show mode, and it's awesome. So stay current on that and recommend to friends who would like it. And, of course, the great Randy Brown and the Synaptic, a true alternative. Go check it out. I recommend the show very heavily. So there you go. That's going to do it. Fading out on the show here today, I'm going to play a song by Booker T and the MGs called Can't Be Still. And the reason I'm playing it on the outro is because it's from the Get Shorty soundtrack. And three, three people I'm a big fan of that were involved in Get Shorty have all left us this year. Very sad. Talking about Elmore Leonard, the guy that wrote it, James Gandolfini, and Dennis Farina. All greatness right there. So here you go. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Have fun. <laughs>